Currently 29 degrees in the Lynchburg area. We have 30 in Roanoke and in Salem. We have 31 in uh, Amherst right now and 29 in Appomattox. Well, Memphis is on high alert, as is many major cities across the country. The video of Tyree Nichols, who was allegedly beaten by five Memphis police officers during a traffic stop, is supposed to be released later on today. We have uh, reporter Chris Fox in Memphis with us this morning on the Morning Jam. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So you are in Memphis Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what what does it feel like there? How is the the atmosphere? Is it uh, tense? Are they just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen? Where are we there? It, it is kind of a wait-and-see situation, but I, I will say uh, last night at the candlelight vigil at the skate park, uh, that Tyree uh, Nichols basically called the happiest place in, the, in his life. Um a lot of the talk was from the mother uh, suggesting that they protest peacefully. I don't want to see my, my city burned down. I don't want to see my roads trashed. Right. And so there is a general, you know, a belief that hopefully the people of, of, of the area will do what the family suggests because uh, it, it is a potential powder keg situation, uh, most definitely, especially when you hear that the, the the descriptions of the video kind of trickling out and uh, uh, Ben Crump, the attorney for the family, suggesting uh, very similar to uh, Rodney King. Um, and, and that kind of puts people on edge um, about what we could see. There is a heavy police presence all over downtown. I noticed it when, when I arrived in, in all, uh, yesterday and, and uh, um, all through last night. Uh, the streets were kind of quiet and dead, surprisingly, especially Beale Street, which is generally right hopping. You know, the, the, yeah. the music, yeah, the, the, the fun section of town was just dead. And there were police presence of uh, police cars with flashing lights, uh, independently located all over the city. So you, you can you could already feel the buildup of hey, we're not going to have anything. Um, but it, it's hard to believe that that there won't be anything. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the protests go. Most people are expecting protests, and even the mother suggesting a peaceful protest well i think it speaks well for the family that they are willing to come out and 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 say that i saw a photo of the young man and 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 just the photo without the video was pretty pretty unbelievable that a traffic stop could uh, you know unravel uh to that to that level so this is interesting real quick one of the uh, things that the uh, candlelight vigil last night uh, towards the end, some of the organizers who spoke also spoke of peacefully protesting, and, and then it kind of turned a little dark at the end when when it was brought up that we we did peacefully protest after George Floyd. It was when the police arrived that the trouble, and I thought, uh-oh. uh oh, that's right. kind of the mindset among some people that the, the the protests among themselves will be fine unless the police coming in and antagonize. So that was kind of brought up during the, the candlelight vigil, and I thought, wow, uh, you well, can see where, where uh, a red flag might be, be be held up. So what what are people saying about the fact that all five of the officers that have now been let go and are being charged were black? Well, Ben Crump, the attorney for the family, uh, has said, uh, I've heard, 
that this isn't about uh, race in this case. Uh, it's about police brutality, you know, mm-hmm. and police mentality. And so uh, that, that, that's one way I've heard it addressed. Um, it, it is interesting uh, to see how this all plays out. It, it's an interesting it, it, dynamic, into it. for sure. Yeah, it definitely uh, it makes this different from any other thing we've seen before, any, any one of these situations that we've seen before. Uh, but again, this is a, a lot of it's going to depend on what we see in the videotape. And that's where a lot of the questions also lie. Questions like uh, what, what happened in the first interaction with police when he took off running? What happened in the second interaction? Mm-hmm. What was the gap in between? Uh, all questions that will be answered by the videotape. Yeah, why, why uh, was there so, a need for five police officers for one yeah. young man? Um, so there are a lot, lot more questions than there are answers at this point. Uh, now, talking about that, that racial dynamic, um, let's let's talk a little bit about Atlanta because uh, some some of the folks that were arrested in Atlanta over demonstrations this past weekend, first of all, they weren't even from Atlanta. Uh, second of all, they were all white. Um, in, in those uh, protests, and they're not even from the region. Are they concerned about you know people coming into that area that aren't even from the Memphis area and stirring up trouble there? That certainly appears to be what's happened in Atlanta. Right, and I think that's kind of also plays into the discussion of why are you releasing a tape at Friday at 6 o'clock at night? Right. Especially when you're talking about Memphis, which... Yeah, people come from all over the country to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the music capitals of the world. Sure. Uh, and, and so, yeah, you're going to have all kinds of people coming through town. So it, it does seem like a question. It, it, it's obviously one of the questions many people have been Another one of the questions that we don't really have an answer to yet. Right. Um, yeah, because we were initially told it would take at least a couple of weeks, perhaps, before they'd release the, the body cam video. and. and and now it's being done Friday at six o'clock, right? Right when it gets dark, and it, yeah, and it really doesn't seem like a wise decision, does it? Hmm. it? Seems like a questionable one to at least be questioned. Well, uh, most definitely. We appreciate you uh, talking with us this morning. I know you're running on empty probably right now. This is a big <laughs> story uh, that you're responsible it is for covering. When you talk to the people, though, people are on the verge of crying. Oh, and that and that comes across. I mean, that literally. People, I, I, some of the stories I worked on last night that I fed for the network, uh, I ran by people in the hotel just saying, you know, just have ears. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And, and the first one I played, the, the woman cried. And I thought, mm-hmm. and it was, she cried listening to the mother call for a peaceful protest and, and nodding and crying as she was listening. Right. And, and uh, so you it really, it, it is an emotionally charged story and it's an emotionally charged area and it's an area of grieving. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I can only imagine, I mean, a very young man, uh, for sure. And, uh, and, and it's, it, it is heartbreaking when you think about it. And then for the mother to show so much grace in the way that she addressed the community, uh, it's pretty touching for sure. Oh, most definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate your uh, your time, and we hope to have you on again. We're speaking with Chris Fox, who is a CBS reporter. He is in Memphis and uh, sharing his thoughts with us this morning. Thanks again. Hopefully we have stories of normal morning. Oh, I hope so. I, I, hope, uh, I hope you get to cover some more pleasant stories really soon. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. I agree. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
So, there you go. Um, stories like that, I would think, would be exhausting to to cover, uh, for sure. 866-916-3776, that is uh, our number. Um, Senator John Kennedy, not real happy with President Biden over GOP Medicare cut suggestion saying not even George Santos would claim that. Senate Judiciary Committee member uh, slammed President Biden over his latest comments directed towards MAGA Republicans, who he claimed suggested policies that would choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Um, the, um, The story anchor Martha McCallum played for Kennedy the relevant clip of Biden speaking in Springfield, Virginia yesterday, uh, during which he mentioned he would veto everything that they send. Here's a little bit from that speech. Launching a new attack on Republicans at an event touting the economy. There was a 2.9 GDP number that came out this morning and the president just spoke about it in Springfield, Virginia, as he appears getting more and more ready every day by the signs that we're seeing to announce that he's gonna run for another term. What in God's name would the Americans give up the progress we've made for the chaos they're suggesting? I don't get it. That's why the MAGA Republicans deliberately choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Why? Why? This nation has gone through too much. We've come too far to let that happen. I will not let it happen. Not on my watch. I will veto everything they send us. Hmm. Okay. Um, I will veto everything they send me. We do have Um, that from the Joe speaking. Let's go to this. That's how we ran the last time around. Sounds like it's a bit of a different tone if that's the beginning of a next campaign. With that, we bring in Republican Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. Senator, always good to have you with us. Uh, what is your, what's your immediate reaction to what you heard the president say there? I think that President Biden is the only person in the Milky Way uh, who thinks our country is headed in the right direction. Um, look at the facts. Last year, our economy grew at 1%, 1%. China's economy was shut down. It grew at 3%. Um, 13.5% inflation, cumulatively. That's what President Biden has given us in two years. Average rent up 12%. Average 30-year mortgage has gone from 3% to 6.5%. Uh, average wage down 4%. Because President Biden wouldn't stand up to the teachers' unions, our kids have experienced the largest learning loss in modern history. Um, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but if that was my record, I would hide my head in a bag. Well, there you go. You can always leave it up to Kennedy to tell us exactly what he's thinking. He said the the crack um find a crackhead, right? Line two during oh, yes. his campaign. Absolutely. Yep. Um 
he continued to, uh, in a remark about a GOP colleague, slam Biden's claims that Republicans could seek to pull back on federal entitlement spending. Uh, President Biden says, my party, I want to gut Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, and it's simply not true. Not even George Santos would make up a whopper like that, and the president knows it. He just believes that the federal government is what made this country great. Hmm. All righty then. When we come back, we're going to be lightening it up a little bit, or are we, with uh, a contestant from Jeopardy saying, Jeopardy's not so great, and we're not going to have a great trivia culture until we stop putting Jeopardy up on a pedestal. Okay. And we had a local person that was on Jeopardy recently. We'll talk about that. Have some fun with it on the way on the Morning Jam. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, it is America's probably most loved game show, historically. It's been airing on NBC, first started airing in 1964. And uh, for many people, it is a a regular part of their day. Uh, I've got friends who have family members. They will literally play Jeopardy. They'll like do a watch party almost. And they're trying to answer the questions in a text. (laughs) I watch it. Like, but do you play with your family? I, no, I, but I'll play. I'll play myself. They um, they that have a lot of weird. fun. Pause. <laughs> Rewind. Um, three-time Jeopardy winner is now trashing the show, and as seems to be an ongoing theme this week, is now blaming racism for the backlash he is receiving online. His name is Rogish Raut. Did I say that right? I think so. 38-year-old resident, Vancouver, Washington. Kind of created a firestorm online because he dared criticize the beloved show in a string of posts on Facebook. Apparently, he is a mainstay in the quizzing community. I didn't know there was a quizzing community, but apparently there is. He came out on top as the winner of three Jeopardy episodes. That's nothing to sneeze at. Pretty good. $96,403. That's what he won. But he used his time in the spotlight to question America's love of the game show, which first aired in 64, as I mentioned. Jeopardy is not the problem, he said in a post on January the 12th. It's centrally to American society is its centrality. There will never be a healthy quizzing culture in this country until we stop until we learn to stop pretending that Jeopardy is important. That's like someone winning the Super Bowl and being like, yeah, this game's not important. It doesn't really determine it. This this is not good for football. Uh, to me, it's like, you know, we're never going to have a successful yarn commi- you know, community <laughs> until we stop having ugly sweater parties. I just don't get it. He, um, he argued, putting the show on a pedestal is an objectively bad thing, and it's bad for the future of quizzing. They called him arrogant. They called him a poor sport. Um... 
And one person said, I don't watch Jeopardy, but I'm extremely invested in the guy who won three times, but it was apparently a bad on the buzzer. <laughs> and then began a multi-week Facebook meltdown about how Jeopardy is not the real quizzing world and compared himself to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> love it. You've got to love it. Now, we had a, a local uh, participant in Jeopardy. Yeah, so Duncan Bowling, who he lives in Washington D.C. now, now uh-huh. but uh, he graduated in 2005 from E.C. Glass. So okay. how about that? And I think he finished. I believe he finished second that day because he he lost to Troy Meyer. This was a couple of days ago. Okay, who's now the five-time reigning champ? He won yesterday. Oh, as well, wow. he I think he won like his winnings are up around like two hundred eighty thousand dollars. Wow. How so. are you feeling about the quizzing community, Troy Meyer? Pretty great right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hi. Hey, Janet. It's snowing up here at your old hometown in Greenville. Woohoo! But, uh, Bring it yeah. back with you. Every I can time use I come a little. Up, yeah, every time I come up here, it's snowing, but uh, kind of odd, but we're not getting any in Lynchburg. But, nah. Um, can you imagine Bob Eubanks? doing uh jeopardy we got a category how many times do you make whoopee uh, you know i don't so, know that it would have anyway, lasted I, as long but yeah well i don't know that Maybe might have been a rating winner right there but uh <laughs> you know and i i like that i was going to tell you that the paul pelosi uh videotape supposed to be coming out tonight it and is, i think it's yeah. going to show him uh, i think it's going to show him dressed up as dr frankenfurter from uh the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. All right, that was an image yep. I didn't need. <laughs> oh, my eyes. My mind's eye. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but, it, you know, that I had to I had to bring that up for the Friday funny. So, oh, well, that's know. a good one. Uh, it's going to be interesting so anyway, but, to uh, see. Do you think he's, uh, I wonder if they're, if they're putting that out around the same time as the Memphis thing on purpose. So hopefully nobody will pay well, attention to it. Well, it's all coming out on Friday night, and a lot of times, you know, they put it out on Friday night so nobody will see it. But, you know, it's—I I, I feel like he's going to be dressed up like a construction worker in the village people, but that's just me. But <laughs> I want to know what the other guy's wearing. The other guy who is, who is, is claiming that he's not guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, maybe he's an Indian in the village people. Who knows? <laughs> it could be. So I don't know. Oh, you're being saying. you're being very bad today, Alan. I like it. Hope you have a great time and be know. careful on these uh, on those slick roads. Okay. Okay. Thank All you. All right. Man. I'll talk to you later. Oh my word! I do want to see that video though. I do want to know what happened with that. So I got a sports story for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Milwaukee Bucks had a very interesting halftime show. Oh. Apparently. Who? I'm not familiar with them. They're, are, are, I want you to pronounce their best player's name. Let me Google it. Oh, no. I'm sure I'll we'll butcher it. So, uh, apparently... We'll do that after. But Giannis Antetokounmpo. Blah, blah, blah. That was, honestly, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I wonder what he thought about He's the Greek. halftime show. He's what? He's Greek. He's Greek. Wow. Okay. He's a lovely young man. He's. I must say. 
really good he at is, basketball. He is Greek godlike. Those arms. He are. might be a Greek god on the basketball court. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Why is he playing for the Bucks? That's uh, where he got drafted. Apparently, they had a drag show as their halftime show against the Denver Nuggets. Fans of the game were able to purchase a ticket package for which they received a Bucks pride scarf and beanie. The drag show drew mixed reviews and sparked debate among some NBA fans and critics who were concerned about the kids in the stands. Um, oh, it's very scary. They're like clown. They're clown people. You should be less concerned about the drag thing and more concerned about there are way too many clowns on that court right now. In addition to the uh, celebrations, they announced that they joined the Safe Place Initiative and was marked by the Milwaukee Police Department as a safe space for underrepresented members of our community. So full on woke there with the uh, Miami Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Whatever. Yes. It's not Miami. It's Milwaukee. Miami Heat. Miami Heat. That's yes. my favorite team. That's where your dude's playing. Or he was. And then he switched. And then, Which right, dude? Right. Like the, the LeBron. LeBron, yes. So he yeah. drafted in Cleveland, went to Miami. Right. Because then, then nobody really cared. And he, then he got his like feelings he, hurt. Yeah. Well, no. Everyone hated him for it. And well, everybody, everybody in, hated when he went to Miami. They did, but then when he got to Miami, people in Miami acted like they didn't really care, and he didn't like that. Eh. <laughs> did win two titles, and then and went to the finals four years. They cared more after that. Yeah. yeah. Then he went back to Cleveland, which I get why he went to Miami. Part of it probably because he lived in Cleveland, the Akron area, his whole life, and you know, I call his. They were upset. I, I have family that lived there. They were not happy people. Coming up, we've got WDBJ Seven on the way with all the news you need. We've got more Friday funnies coming up. It is Friday on the Morning Jam. Good morning. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny today with a high of 45 degrees. Look for a low of 30 tonight with clear skies. Sunshine returning on Saturday. Highs around 56 with lows at 34. And on Sunday, expecting a chance of rain to develop as the afternoon goes on. Look for a high of 52 degrees. That rain will continue Sunday night into early Monday with lows running in the upper 30s. And currently this morning, we have temperatures in the 30s throughout most of the listening area, including Salem, which is at 32, as is Roanoke, 32 in Danville, 34 in Amherst, 32 in Appomattox, 33 in Lynchburg, and 32 with some nice little snow flurries for Bedford this morning. Send some of those my way. I want to see some snow flurries. We are the Morning Jam. lost the weight. Here's the thing. You can be beautiful no matter what size you are. Can we agree on that? <laughs> you may not be everybody's cup of tea, but you're going to be somebody's milkshake. <laughs> yeah, just... I like the people who like it because they're like, <laughs> and there's some people going, uh-uh. <laughs> I just didn't know how big I was. I, okay, here's the truth. First, this is a safety precaution, okay? I told y'all I was over 300 pounds. 
If you're a certain size, there are things you should not wear. Can we agree on this? Yeah. Me and you, sir. Okay. <laughs> She's right, though. There are some things that can go horribly wrong. Some things I'm not even sure why they make them in that size. Like mini skirts, for example. No. No, no, no. Just say no. So, uh, in some local sports situations here, a uh, couple of stories this morning, including uh, EC Glass head coach Jeff Woody. He stepped down after eight years uh, as the leader of the Hilltoppers. And he helped turn the Hilltoppers around after a decade without a winning record. And um, they're going to start, you know, they've already started looking for his replacement. Candidates are going to be interviewed in February. And um, a statement was released yesterday saying that Woody has built a program to be a contender for regional and state play each year. Our student athletes are prepared for life beyond high school and that they are incredibly grateful for his dedication and leadership. He's leaving a legacy he can be proud of. And while we will miss him, we wish he and his family the very best. So uh, some some search underway for a new coach there. And then a really sad story um, from LU as uh, a former player with the Flames died at the age of 25. What on earth is going on with that? Do we know any specifics on that at all? None that I'm aware. None that uh, broke out yesterday. So, um, Do you know how uh, his last name is said? Jesse Lemonier? I believe so. He helped lead the Flames to their first bowl game win in program history. He died suddenly at the age of 25. And he spent two seasons with the Flames, finishing with uh, 20.5 sacks for his career, ranking third in program history at the time. And he ranked third among FBS players nationally in total sacks during the 2018-2019 campaigns. Before departing for an NFL career, he capped off his career at Liberty by earning MVP honors at the 2019 Cure Bowl, helping the Flames secure their first ever bowl victory. Um, He continued his playing career in the pros, playing in the NFL for three seasons with the Chargers, Detroit Lions, and the Cardinals. He appeared in seven games with the Lions during the 21 season, finishing with 15 total tackles and 1.5 sacks. His playing career was set to continue in the USFL signing with the Houston Gamblers on December 31st before his rights were traded to Birmingham that same day. So we're not getting anything as far as what happened, but it must not have been like a car accident or anything like that or they would they would say um it's always sad when you see a young person like that go out long before their time i mean that's the age of my my oldest child right there my age yeah it's just sad i don't like it uh craig county There's a story there of a a young person making horrible choices. 22-year-old man is dead after being shot by the police in Craig County. This occurred on Wednesday. The Craig County Sheriff's Office and the Virginia State Police responded 
to a domestic disturbance call at the home in the 400 block of Johns Creek Road. When officers arrived, they were told that a person inside the home was armed and a firearm had been discharged. In response, negotiators and a tactical team were called to the scene. Uh, Just before 9 p.m., an armed man walked out of the house onto the front porch and multiple officers then fired their weapon, hitting the suspect. The uh, emergency care was provided immediately, but the suspect, identified as 22-year-old Kyle Mills of Christiansburg, died of his injuries. No officers were injured during the incident. In accordance with departmental policy, all officers involved have been placed on administrative leave. Once the investigation is complete, the findings will be turned over to the Craig County Commonwealth Attorney for review. We're seeing way too many of these stories. Um, way too many of these. If you've got young people in your life and they seem to be off the mark or they seem to be having some issues, please try to get them some counseling or some help um, because we're seeing an awful lot of this. We've got uh, more Friday funnies on the way to kind of lighten things up on this Friday. We also have Five and Dine if you're looking for something to warm you up a little bit. Some of our of you are actually experiencing snow right now. We had a call earlier from our friends over in the valley. They're getting snow. Looks like Bedford is getting some snow. Today's recipe will warm you right up. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market there on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. Cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working to keep those prices low so you can keep your food bill in check, which we all need to be doing right now. If you're wanting to warm up this weekend, here's a recipe that will do it for you. Uh, this I have lots and lots of different recipes for white bean soup. Some are just, you know, beans. There's very little else with them. Uh, this has some uh, onion and, and celery and potatoes, things like that. It's a, a bit heartier, but still uh, completely vegetarian. And uh, it's light in calories, but it's heavy on taste. You're going to need a couple of cans of cannelloni or white beans. You can use navy beans as well. I prefer to start with dried ones and then uh, cook cook up enough for this, but you can certainly use the cans that comes together even faster that way. Warm a little bit of olive oil into a large pot, and once that's warmed up, you're going to add in a medium onion that you've diced, along with a celery stalk diced, a large carrot diced, and you're just going to cook that and stir it until the onion has softened, has become translucent, about five minutes. Then you're going to add in some garlic, You'll put the beans in. You'll put about a tablespoon of tomato paste and two medium-sized potatoes peeled, uh, cut into chunks, and put that over in there. And you can either dice up your rosemary or you can just lay an entire sprig down into that pot along with some paprika and cook it for about a minute. Then you're going to add in just a little bit of some uh, white wine, like a third of a cup, and that will kind of evaporate out and leave just that delicious flavor for you. Then you're going to add in your frozen spinach, your vegetable broth, 
and then taste it to adjust the salt and put in some black pepper. Bring that mixture to a boil, then reduce it to a simmer for about 15 minutes. When the potatoes are soft and things are all coming together nicely, you can remove that sprig of rosemary and then give it another taste, adjust any seasonings, and then uh, divide it into to bowls and serve it with a nice crusty whole grain bread. It's really delicious. Comes together quickly, especially if you use the canned beans. Check it out by going to Facebook and you can type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share. I also encourage you to sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member with FNL because you'll get coupons sent directly to your phone and you'll find out about those great specials like we had the um, $3.99 a dozen large grade A white eggs that they did earlier this week and the chicken legs and the chicken thighs for 98 cents so check it out fnl market memorial avenue in lynchburg before you fire up the coffee maker turn on the morning jam the morning jam with janet on the virginia talk radio network There's no way this Don't is true. Do it. There's no way this is true. <laughs> Go ahead. I know what you're going to ask me. You think Stevie Wonder can see? Uh, listen. What are, you, what are you talking about? What are you talking listen, about? That's I'm the saying, craziest thing ever. I'm saying we lived in a building together on Wilshire Boulevard. Talk to me. Wait. All right. Okay, you lived in a building with Stevie. With Stevie. Okay? Right. You used to have to drive to the bottom mm-hmm. underneath to park your car. Uh-huh. I'm coming through the first floor that day. Mm-hmm. It goes down, because when I got in, I didn't press the button. So it went down first. Stevie got in. I'm standing in the corner. I didn't say nothing. And he looked over, and he's like, what up, Big Diesel? And he turned his head, <laughs> hit his button, and got off. <laughs> I mean, I, let, listen, Come on. I, I'm telling you what happened. I don't know if I was smelling from practice that day, but he just turned around. <laughs> What's up, Diesel? Hit his button. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's no way I don't know. You know, they did a skit, and he was the driving instructor. So, Could Stevie, I think that's one of the most underrated conspiracy theories ever. Can Stevie Wonder see? Wow, man, he's been he's been playing that for a long time, hasn't he? He's been playing the long game, if that's the case. Although there are varying degrees of blindness. I mean, you know, some yeah. some people can see you know, shadows and things like that. And he is a, a mammoth of a man. I mean, you could feel his presence even if you couldn't say, see. Like, if this was me. I mean, how tall is he? Seven. Yeah. I one? Mean, how many How many people live in the building that are that tall? In fairness. Seven one. He's very, very, he's very tall and he's very big. I mean, what is he, weigh 300 pounds or something? Seven one three twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. He is a, he is a mountain of a man for sure. That's my favorite picture, by the way. Him and Kevin Hart. Him and Kevin Hart. I just think it's hysterical. My favorite is, and I had it saved, is they did the face swamp on their two faces. They did what? A face swap. So they oh, put face Kevin swap. Hart's face on Shaq's nice. body. His little head yeah. on Shaq's body. That's not funny. When um, him and Charles Barkley go at it on Inside, like Inside the NBA is a studio show, but it's so funny. It's, it is I, the funniest. I have seen that, and they are, they will go and they are funny. I agree. This is not funny. So we know that there are homeless encampments everywhere. I mean, Portland, San Francisco, just those towns, those cities have just turned into a cesspool 
in, in certain areas. But, oh, no, if it starts happening in Washington, D.C., all of a sudden, stuff's getting done about it. Uh, Idaho Governor Brad, Brad Little reacted after winning a lawsuit against a public encampment outside the Capitol annex that he said had turned into a danger zone. A judge's decision earlier in January granted the governor's motion to dismiss a lawsuit filed by activists challenging his administration's actions to remove the encampment. We've sent a clear message. Idaho doesn't tolerate illegal public encampments and destruction of public property. Individuals had started gathering on the state property in Boise last January. According to Little's office, the encampments had eventually led to an increased need for police action because of reports of hypodermic needles, bags containing human feces and urine, soiled clothing, uh, rotting food, abandoned property. So this actually, okay, this is the capital, okay, now I'm clear, in Idaho that they did this, and he is shutting it down. Um, he said it, it looked horrible and was a danger zone. The government said there was public housing forums and public programs available. He blamed activists for riling people up to stay parked on state property. So he, he says they're being used by these activists. But they were there. They were harassing state employees and legislators when they went by. And we don't do that in Idaho. But activists got these people, some of them with not much of a way of means, ginned up to stay there, even though there were other options for them. Little said there were faith-based places homeless persons could go to, which almost always have room, mental health facilities, and substance abuse facilities. Our settlement was you're trespassing, you're violating state law, uh, particularly if there are other places you can go. Portland's homeless, in his statement, he maintained Idaho is not Portland, L.A., San Francisco, or Seattle, where public officials have engaged in failed experiments to permit and encourage unsafe and destructive public camping. I agree with that. Portland's homeless population rose by 50% in 2022, resulting in more than 700 encampments. Well, good for him for trying to take care of it i do feel for the people in these cities that their cities have been overrun for this and i would even go a step further to say if there are activists taking advantage of these people and using them in this way that they need to be held accountable for that if they're encouraging that destruction then they are Every at least equally as guilty, perhaps more so, you want to really help them, then get them to places that are equipped to help them. Don't use them as a pawn in your political game. A Seattle couple has explained why they're building a home in the median of an interstate ramp. That's gutsy. Drivers who enter I-5 at Seattle's Mercer Street on the ramp, pass a growing encampment for the unhoused that is obscured behind trees and repurpose the Welcome to South Lake Union banners inside their camp. Candace and Mark, who has to be identified only by their first names, are busy building their home. 
Mark said it's taken him about a month to build the tiny house, which includes an A-framed roof, foundation, window, and door. We found ourselves on the sidewalk. The house is going up in the um, after that with all of our stuff, just trying to guard it, he said. That's why he built the structure, because it's better than a tent. The house is going up in the same encampment where there was a series of fires, threats with weapons, and damage to the Seattle city and light power infrastructure. Of course, we know how Seattle is. We know who's running Seattle, for sure. The property where they're building belongs to the Seattle Department of Transportation and the Washington Department of Transportation. Both agencies said they're aware of the encampment and they're coordinating how to deal with it. What we're trying to do through using utility discounts and our housing strategies is meeting people where they are and getting them sheltered in place if they uh, don't have to do that. It's unsafe, unlawful, and we don't suggest people do that. It's intolerable for our administration. That was the statement. In the meantime, this guy's built a tiny house, <laughs> and the, which uh, he's going to give them ideas, and it's going to be much harder to undo that. If they all, all start building, where is he getting this stuff? It's kind of impressive, honestly, if you think about it. I mean, that's that's not that's not too shabby. Yeah, it's got like a big sliding window. Where did he get that? See, people can be so resourceful sometimes. I like it. Here's a feel-good story about a dog in Tennessee. He was found wandering the streets of Chattanooga with a note. The shelter said they're actively working with a family to set them up with a safe haven shelter. Um, she's a sweetheart, the director of the development for the shelter said. She loves being loved. She's really a great dog. Man said a resident found with a note attached, uh, a resident found a note attached to her collar. The note said Lilo was too expensive to care for, but she had done nothing wrong. My name is Lilo. Please keep my name. Please love me. My mom can't keep me, and she's homeless with two kids. She tried her best, but can't get help. Uh, I cost too much for her. She really loves me. I'm a great dog, and I love to be loved. Please don't abuse me. All right, that makes me really sad. Uh, Animal Control picked up the dog. They promised to look after Lilo. They're encouraging community members to take pets directly to a shelter to not just let them go with a note. They say they understand why the mom did what she did. We just wish she had come to us first for resources and help. We want to see people and their pets stay together no matter the circumstances. But they do have in that community a pet food pantry. I've got some listeners I'm working with now. We're trying to get a a pet pantry started in this area so older folks can keep their pets and people who are struggling financially don't have to give up their pets because of the expense we have four dogs it's expensive yeah to to feed them two of them are eaters just one of those is winston he's not supposed to be an eater (laughs) he's a five pound eating machine my friend i hope you have a great weekend enjoy it do something fun spend time with your family and make some great memories we'll be back on monday look forward to it thank you sir thank you see you monday You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.